The Steve Lobby Agency presents The Christian Publishing Show, a podcast for writers who want to advance Christ's kingdom using the written word. Here's your host, Thomas Umstadt Jr. There are a few genres that are unique to Christian publishing. Devotionals is one, Amish is one, interestingly, but perhaps the king of them all is the Bible study. It is the essential Christian book. It's unequivocally uh, Christian, often written by Christians, often for Christians, and perhaps you've considered writing a Bible study. If you're a Protestant, we believe in the priesthood of believers, so anyone can write a a Bible study, right? Well, maybe, (laughs) maybe. Uh, Or maybe you're thinking about writing a Bible study for publication. So how do you write a Bible study that not only people want to read, but helps bring them closer to God? Well, this is what we're going to be talking about today with the co-founder of Flourish Gathering and Flourish Writers. Our guest today helps authors publish Bible studies and devotionals. She does workshops, online conferences, and training courses. Mindy Kiker, welcome to the Christian Publishing Show. Awesome to be here. Thanks for having me, Thomas. All right, let's get into Bible studies. So how did you get started writing Bible studies? Well, my co-founder, Jennifer Cokert, and I were friends. We met in a Bible study. So it was it was sort of destined to be. And we just became friends, had aspirations. We worked in local Christian women's ministry together and decided to offer a holiday get into God's word, uh, slow down and savor the scriptures for the holidays. We did a little email series with friends and family, and it, we did a little video devotional that went out with each one, and it was such a big hit. People said, oh, what are you going to do for the new year? Oh, okay, well, um, let's do something. So we just got into sharing our stories intermixed with scripture. How did we see the our favorite Bible verses showing up in our lives. And we just found that that resonated with people. Like sometimes there's a disconnect in people's hearts between their the, the quiet time that they have with the Lord and then exiting <laughs> into real life. And whatever went down in that quiet time was a distant memory <laughs> when the complexities of life hit. So we, were, we felt like Bible study should become alive in every moment of your life. So that's what we started sharing what on a small on like little email series, video series, that kind of thing. And then when we saw that that maybe we had something to offer and maybe there was an interest, we decided to pull it together into something a little more formal and created our first digital Bible study that we ran with a small group of people that we had gathered by that time. This was about five or six years ago now. I love this approach. This is the be faithful where you are, bloom where you're planted approach, which I think is uh, a deeply Christian approach. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to write a Bible study. The first thing I should do is submit it to be published with a big (laughs) publisher. And if you look at, you know, Jesus's instructions to his disciples, right? He's about to send them off. Uh, We're about to have Pentecost. He says, start in Jerusalem. 
then in Samaria, then the uttermost parts of the earth, right? Everybody in Jerusalem probably had heard the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> Most everyone in Jerusalem probably already had an opinion of Jesus. It wasn't like he was some unknown figure at that time. and But also very controversial, right? Very scary. But if you can be faithful in Jerusalem, then you're probably going to do okay in Samaria, right? People in Samaria more likely to have heard of him, but maybe not all of them. But, you know, there's a Samaritan woman in this one town that won't shut up about him. Um, and then finally, the uttermost parts of the earth. Earth. And often we want to start with the uttermost parts of the earth. And, and people are like, oh, I've got to write a book so that I can minister. And I would say, no, minister now. And the book comes out of that ministry because you don't know what will resonate, where what you have to say connects with what people need to hear. Yeah, Thomas, that's such a good, good observation. And, you know, as we support Christian communicators within Flourish Writers, our story is incredibly inspiring and it also relieves the pressure of having to start out the gate with something big and fancy. I like to show your podcast listeners won't be able to see, but I have the little first copy of our first print study that we did and it was hard work. You know, we we put our all into it. We decided to self-publish cuz we didn't really want to take the time to traditionally publish. We wanted to get it out for the holidays. So we thought, well, we could do that. I mean, golly, you just make a little PDF manuscript at, at, in that stage. You you upload it to, um, what was the predecessor to KDP? Create. create Space. That's right. I could only think ConvertKit. I'm like, no, that's the email, people. Um, create Space. And when, <laughs> when we got it back, it was tiny and it was thin and the font was a little smaller than we had expected. And you know how you make those mock-ups um, for, for, for media marketing? You can buy the little mock-up book and you put your cover on it. And um, so we put that on our little sales page and a couple people emailed in and said, I'm not sure I got the right book. <laughs> <laughs> You know, at the time, we were both proud and kind of apologetic. But what's so amazing, like people who see what we have achieved and where we are now, all by the grace of God, they're like, okay, if Jenny and Mindy started that way just five or six years ago, then gosh darn it. I can probably do that too. And that's really one of our mottos at Flourish Writers is, look, folks, <laughs> you can do it for sure. Here, let's look at some of the steps that can get you there. But you're going to start small. Start with where you are. Start with where you have. Because that faithfulness, we're not all called to be superstars. We're called to be obedient. Just to obey where you are and then let the Lord do the rest. We prepare the horse for battle, but victory is the Lord's. It's really the only way forward. I have two toddlers right now, a one-year-old and a two-year-old, and I've had a lot of observations of learning, watching humans learn to walk, and there's only one way to learn to walk well, and that is to walk badly, but persistently. <laughs> so it's like uh, a child falling down in our house is not news. <laughs> it's not some no. special thing that you know we have to all gather around. It's a daily occurrence. It's an hourly occurrence uh, for the younger one. And the falling down is learning. Yeah. And, and it's a really valuable learning. And, and if you feel like you have to be perfect, and it has to be perfect at the beginning, 
what will happen is you'll never get published. You'll never make a difference in the world because you can't just pick yourself up from crawling and start walking with no problems. That's not how this works. The children of Israel didn't get the promised land all at once when God gave it to them. They had to take it city by city, area by area, and it took work. Just because God has called you to do something doesn't mean that you're not still called to do the work. (laughs) And that's true with craft as well. Absolutely. And unfortunately, those 40 years in the wilderness were creating them to become the people who could walk into that promised land. So give yourself at least 40 years. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I should ask, because there's some confusion on this, about the difference between a devotional and a Bible study. So what would you say is the distinction between writing a devotional and writing a Bible study? Yeah, that's a great question, because then there's even like devotional Bible studies. <laughs> so, so let's break it down. So a devotional is where you start with a scripture, typically, typically a verse or a small passage of scripture, and then you are sharing your thoughts about that. It can be a story from your life, some research that you've done, some insight into the scripture, and it's typically fairly short. Um, Depending on where you see devotionals placed, they could be anywhere from just a few hundred words, like even 150 or 200, or up to even six or seven, eight hundred words, just depending on what the um, the situation or the venue for that is. You might have at the end of a devotional a few more scriptures listed that people could look up, but typically you are not going to have follow-on questions that the reader needs to answer. At the end of the devotional, you might have engagement questions that kind of help the readers who apply that um topic or the the observations to their life, but it's not going to be something where they need to go open their Bible and start studying something or researching something themselves. So that's a devotional. Bible studies can include devotionals. In fact, that's largely how we start off like a week in our Bible studies will be a fairly hefty devotional, maybe even 1500 words. So we're kind of introducing the week, but it's it's, it's focused on the theme of that week, and we are incorporating our personal stories with the research that we've done on the scripture, and we're kind of setting up the, the Bible study participant uh, with a hefty size. You could call it a devotional or an introduction to that week. Um, but then the study is going to have additional components where you are giving the reader assignments and you are getting them engaged with going and doing and opening the Bible and uh, looking things up for themselves. And so you're going to give them instructions on how to how to study. And we, we can get into like different types of studies, um, but that's just the general overview of the differences between uh, devotionals and Bible studies. Great okay, question. so the emphasis really is on that study. It's more academic. There's homework, there's assignments, there's research. Would you say it's more intellectual? It's more about like getting correct thinking as opposed to devotionals, which are more about um, a correct way of feeling? Like, How would you distinguish it in that way? Well, it very much depends on the type of study that you want to write. And in our 
positioning ourselves for, okay, God, what kind of study do we have on our hearts? What kind of study do we feel called to write? We looked at all the different styles. So if you're going to write a Bible study, you need to be a Bible study reader. You know, that goes for any genre, right? Please don't start to write in a genre that you are not well read in, because then you are going to be unfamiliar with the uh, expectations in that genre. Preach, preach. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Christian science fiction and fantasy writers. If you're not reading Enclave books, you're doing it wrong. Don't, don't do it because there is, there is a deep sense. Something has to be integrated into the fabric of your inner being from having been a reader in those genres. So if you cannot go and pull off several Bible studies off your bookshelf, then I might suggest that you start there. <laughs> and then once you do, you will notice that there's a wide range of Bible study styles. So, Tom, you were talking about the ones that are more intellectual, more ac academic. Yes, there is a whole genre. So we have subgenres of Bible study. <laughs> okay, so walk us through. We want to we want to get all of the. Let's do the big genres first, then we can go into the subgenres. Okay, so you know, there's the. Um, some of the more famous Bible study writers, like you have the K. Arthur studies, and those are um, very research heavy. And you are given a lot of very specific questions to answer. You go and you do a ton of research and reading in other um, versions, uh, other concordances and cross-referencing, and you'll do a lot of work. You are being given the skills of Bible study, but it's very focused on knowledge, I would say, generating knowledge about the scriptures. My mom did a bunch of K. Arthur Bible studies when I was a kid, and suddenly she's got these Greek to English and Hebrew to English dictionaries, and she's studying Greek and she's studying Hebrew. It, it started her on a rabbit trail. It took her very deep... <laughs> Basically like a light seminary degree. Yeah, it really can be. And I hope that that, you know, bore some fruit in your mom's life. I mean, I would assume that she would have considered that a, a, a part of her spiritual formation or an important part of her journey to gain those skills and to think, oh, that's not just for the pastor. I, I'm a regular girl here, and I can study Hebrew and Greek. I may not have mastered the languages, but at least I can look up in the concordance, and I can know what that, what that means and what those numbers mean and, and be able to get back into what the original words in the verse were. That's incredibly empowering skill for someone to have. So that's like, I I've consider that one extreme of styles of Bible studies. And then you have a lot, of, um, a lot of space in between where you would gradually move if you're moving on a scale <laughs> towards what another extreme at the other end, I would say, is studies that are more experiential and more applying into life. So they don't want to get the reader what they would call tripped up with all those concordance and, and everything and the Greek and the Hebrew and oh my gosh, I can't even, I'm like, my eyes are crossed. I can't see straight. So as a Bible study writer, what you are 
doing our advice in Flourish Writers to Bible Study Writers is that you find where you are in that spectrum and own it. Do not write a Bible study that you don't like. (laughs) It needs to be in line with how you study scripture, what you have enjoyed when you've been in Bible studies. So our first advice is you pull those Bible studies off the shelf and you go through them and you reflect on what did I like? And you almost create this like vision board for yourself of all the elements of all the Bible studies that you've ever encountered that you like and create yourself this little thing like if I had my perfect Bible study, this is what it would be like. And some of you aspirational Bible study writers are going to be over on the more formal, intellectual, academic end. And some of you are going to be all places in between. And and some of you are going to be over on the other end where you're wanting to create a more emotional or sort of practical, okay, how do we Get the scriptures drilled down into everyday life because I've got to exit my quiet time closet and meet my one and two year olds who I know are going to test me today. Dear God, help us all. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. No, that's I've that, got four. Yeah, who yeah. Ages so twenty to ten now. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, who would you say is a famous writer of this more experiential, applicational Bible study format? That's a really good question, and I was kind of hoping you weren't going to ask that because I, it could be. Um, I don't really know. Is there anyone famous? Does anyone come to your mind famous who does that kind? Um, not off the top of my head. Yeah, we have had. So I will say that a lot of the people within Flourish Writers, I would say skew more mid to experiential. And one of the things that we did in our Bible studies, I'll just give you a little bit of a glimpse inside how we structure our studies, just to give you an idea of how we have kind of hybridized some of those elements. So we both sat down, Jenny and I, and we said, well, what do we love about studying God's word? What, what do we love about opening the word? And then what is our goal? Like, wh- why are we in there? Are we, are we opening the Bible every day so we can check it off a list so that God will be nice to us today? No, not really. We're in there because we expect to find some wisdom. We expect to find some comfort. We expect to find help. We expect to find insight into how to live that we're not going to get anywhere else because we are bombarded by messages from media and all these other sources that have an agenda, quite frankly, to draw us away from the Word of God, away from that simple truth that has endured through the ages that we have access to now. So when we were creating our Bible studies, we said, we want to create an experience for our readers to perhaps for the first time encounter the Word of God in such a way that it is not only an intellectual exercise. It is not something that we check off a list to, to get our, good, our goodies from God. 
It is something that when you begin to taste the sweetness of it and you see how it shows up in your life, you become so hungry, so thirsty that you can't wait to get back to the Word of God. So we sort of created this uh, process of taking one verse of Scripture, we call it our declaration verse, and we, we, we dive deep into it for a whole week. And we use that verse of Scripture as our springboard, as our jumping off place. And then we use that Scripture to help us dig into the Word of God but it's not merely to consume chapter upon chapter. It's to get quality. And in fact, one of my dear friends who's a pastor's wife, she did a study with us a few years ago. And she said, Mindy, when I opened to, to week one and I saw that there was like one verse for the whole week, I was about to die. die. This is the stupidest thing I have ever seen. What are you talking about? You call that a Bible study? And she said, but I decided I really like Mindy Kiker. So I'm going to try to do what she said. So she went through the week and the activities that we had designed. And she said, by the end of that week, I had insight and revelation that had worked itself into the fabric of who I am. I've never experienced anything like that before in my, in my frantic consumption of scripture because I am afraid if I don't do it, something bad is going to happen to me. She said, I, you helped me to fall in love with the scriptures in a new way. So basically what we do in our studies is we start off with this uh, declaration verse and then the, the first day you just read it and you write it you, and we create our Bible studies as a write in journal so it's called the, the reading and writing day one read and write and on day two you look at you investigate so we give you some things to look up um, what's this Bible um, verse set in we look at the chapter so we have the context we look at the book and we do just some researching on so that we also practice that we don't take verses out of context. You know, that verse is a good launching place, but let's look at what's going on um, in the verse. And then the next day, we imagine. So we imagine ourselves there in that scene. Who's talking? What's going on? What do we hear? What do we smell? What do we taste? What do we touch? We want to be there. Those are real people in the scriptures. What were they like? What were they feeling? What was going on? And then the next day, we listen. And we say, God, what does this have to say to me? What, what have I discovered as I've, I've read this, I've written this, I've investigated, I've imagined? What do you have to say to me, God? How does this need to show up in my life? And then the last day of that week on that declaration verse is you write a 
declaration of what the Lord spoke to you and the truth that you have received, maybe the insight, there might be an element of repentance. God, I'm sorry, I've been so off target on this and I really wanna get this back centered in my life. And you write out a declaration and that becomes your, your like your prayer of confirmation to the Lord. So that's what we do in our Bible studies. I love that. I had a pastor once tell me that I was trained far beyond my obedience. And I think that that is really easy to do where we keep learning, 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 learning. It's definitely a challenge for me um, without putting it into practice, right? And and what's more valuable to read, you know, a dozen chapters that you don't, that don't change you, that's just knowledge, Uh or to read one verse that does it's like mm-hmm. it's it's ultimately the change in this requires actual belief that the bible is transformational that there is a holy spirit that breathes life uh, into your understanding of the bible because otherwise there's nothing to experience right it's just uh you know it's i mean i remember studying in high school the iliad we read uh, the entire iliad in high school and it has verses too <laughs> um yeah. what's funny is that the um academic community doesn't just hasn't uh, agreed on what the verses are so like if you have different uh versions of the book from different translators the verses don't line up and they they could have benefited from some high councils, I think, uh, some <laughs> meanings of the Sanhedrin to settle things. Um, but it, it's not transformational. There's no life in it. It's it's a dead, um, you know, artistically very valuable. I've even memorized the first couple of verses of it, but it wasn't transformational in that same way. And um, I love this idea of putting it into practice. And really, instead of the homework being just more study, the homework is like, okay, mm-hmm. how can you implement this principle how can you implement this truth in your life um because that's how it becomes real there was a um the very early cult that formed was this what's known as gnosticism and uh uh, the book of first john's all about it It's, it's this belief that uh jesus didn't really exist in the flesh he didn't really suffer because as the greeks believed the spirit is pure and holy and the flesh is totally um, evil. And so Jesus couldn't have existed in the flesh because then he would have been evil. So he just appeared to suffer. He just appeared to die. And John calls this an antichrist spirit. <laughs> and um, it's it, But it's a temptation for us today to make things so spiritual that they are no longer real. Mm-hmm. They're just like ideas that exist in the cognitive realm, but they don't exist in flesh and blood. And mm-hmm. that's just as dangerous as saying that there's no spiritual world and all we see in flesh and blood is all there is. And I think we see the, the danger of the saying the physical world is all there is, right? That's very obvious. Yeah. Um, but we're not nearly as careful to, to that antichrist spirit of saying, oh, no, it's all just spiritual. It's like that's a really dangerous belief and and read First John if you don't believe me. <laughs> John doesn't pull any punches uh, in that book. So um, that's so good. So in our Bible, our aspirations for Bible studies are to bridge that gap for people between the bringing that spiritual realm into a real practical reality for us. Yeah. Now I need to ask because a, a common topic of this show is about being preachy or didactic, which is my SAT word for the year, uh, which yeah. is just the secular word for preachy. <laughs> Um, so in most kinds of writing, uh, authors are taught, don't be preachy, don't be preachy, show, don't tell, 
Um, does that rule apply in Bible studies, or do people come to Bible studies for the didactic presentation of truth? Well, so part of that answer is just personal opinion, right? I would not imagine, I would not write for a reader who wished to come to get a good preach. <laughs> If maybe if you're you you um, as a as an author out there listening are um, in touch with a whole community of people who wish to be preached at, more power to you. However, I would suspect that um, if you are writing for uh, the typical Bible study consumer that I am acquainted with, um, then you would not take on that tone. And so in, in our instruction within Flourish Writers, when we support um, writers of all sorts and Bible study writers specifically as well, we spend a lot of time just studying how to soften some of those statements, how to create empathy through sharing your story. Um, just even getting down into the nitty gritty of grammar is what kind of pronouns you use when you're writing. And oftentimes, instead of saying you, 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 you might say, I, 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 here, here I am, you know, this is what I, has happened to me. And then we, 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 we go about it this way. And it just softens some of that finger pointing. So there are um, very conscious ways that the writers of Bible studies would take on a voice that is not going to be certainly not superior. My word, like we are all trying to work this thing out and we're coming along as a guide to share from our passion, to share from our joy. And would you like to come and walk with us? You know, doesn't that sound so much more appealing? Um, and that also relieves the Bible study writer from either having to be uh, some highly accredited theologian, which I am not, nor some kind of perfect goody two-shoes Christian, which I am not. Um, it enables the Bible study writer to show up as a fellow seeker. And I'm here, I've, I've created this study for you because I have a passion about walking in the light, or I have a passion for um, having a heart like Mary, or I have a passion for knowing how God showed up in the life of Gideon and what lessons that has for us, you know, but um, I present myself as a trustworthy and friendly companion to the person who is studying with me. So I would argue that, that that's a, a much more uh, approachable style in which to write a Bible study that is going to have appeal to a greater number of modern readers. It's also safer spiritually. Uh, Paul talks in Galatians about um, if you see somebody in sin, uh, correct them gently and humbly uh, and to get them back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. There's something about doing it uh, out of a roughness or out of a place of pride where you fall into that sin yourself. And that's a real risk of being a teacher is that you're preaching against it. And we see that 
right? It doesn't take a lot of research in the news to find famous preachers who uh, were either not gentle or not humble, and then they had flame outs of sin. They fell into the same sin themselves, often the sin they preached against. And so um, there's a there's a very real um, danger in teaching the gospel and, and, and teaching the Bible. Like it, this isn't something to be done trivially. It's something I would say to be done with, with reverence and with fear and trembling and, and, and with gentleness. Um, there's this old saying uh, there, but by the grace of God go I, which mm-hmm. is this like delightfully archaic phrase that we now don't know what it means, but it's like, except for the power of God, I'd be doing the same thing that that terrible person did, right? Like if next time you see somebody canceled for some terrible thing, Instead of being like, ha, that evil person finally got what was coming to him, or I'm glad they finally outed him for the dog that he was, uh, especially if he's like their, your political enemy. What if instead you said, but by the grace of God, I would be the same doing the same thing. And maybe with the face of the same temptations that person faced, I would have fallen too. And the only thing that's protected me is the fact that I'm not as powerful as that person and that that has sheltered me because uh, I haven't been facing that same temptation. And that sense of humility and that sense of gentleness, um, not only I think is safer spiritually, but also, like you said, I think it's a more effective approach. People don't want to have a finger wagged in their face. There are tens of thousands of sermons uploaded uh, to podcasts every Monday. There's plenty of uh, supply of preaching. <laughs> People don't need more preaching from you. Yeah, and often the 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 what what you choose to write about in a Bible study comes from a passion that typically comes from some kind of struggle or failure in your own life. And I think when you share that, you're actually then credited as a valuable guide because the Word of God has done that work, that hard work in your life of digging up that root of bitterness. I've had to share, had the privilege of sharing quite transparently about how the scriptures have shown up in my life and done that hard work of heating up the the sludge so that the nasty stuff rises to the top and we scoop it off or putting that coal to my lips. Oh my word, my best stories are about my failure and how the word of God has rescued me from myself. So we're almost out of time, but I want to ask a couple of really important questions because this is so good. And um, one, I think you've already alluded to a little bit, but what are some mistakes that you see people making other than writing it in pride and and arrogance? uh, What are some other mistakes you see people making when they write uh, Bible studies? You know, one of the most common mistakes is, is a struggle that we all have as content creators. We think that more is better. And we are concerned that what we are creating is too simple or since everything's already been done before, I need to come up with something wildly revolutionary, wildly different. Oh, I'm going to really turn this um, this concept of a Bible study on its nose and I'm going to do something just so radically different. There's nothing wrong with following an expectation <laughs> that your reader has, as I said, you know, be readers in the genre you're writing, because if readers encounter something too different, when, when people are confused, they do not persist. So if you confuse someone, you lose them. So sometimes people can get just too out of the box 
too crazy, too creative, and just put too much in, too much for the readers to do. So over the course of our writing 12 studies, ours got, I would say, simpler and simpler in terms of like the instruction to the reader. We just, we kind of, we got rid of the things that didn't really hit that, you know, you're always wanting that 80-20. How can I get 80%, um, 20% effort and get that 80% result? You know, what are the really key, the sweet spots? You know, I want to cut out the extra and get down to the, to the core of what's really going to create this experience for my reader. So I would urge Bible study creators to, to keep it simple and just to recognize that you know, it, it may break your heart if you just adore the Word of God and you're happy to spend hours a day in the Word of God that most people don't. And they just, they won't, they don't have that time. They won't have that time. And so if you give them too much and people start to feel like they're behind or they're failing, they are going to stop. And it, you know, it breaks the Bible study creators all want everybody else to have as much time as they do and be as enthusiastic as they do. But unfortunately, you're just going to have to be creating resources for somebody who does not have that kind of time. And so our goal is to, you know, present someone with that 20% of effort where they're going to feel that 80% result. And then they, they want to keep going because they are feeling successful and they're feeling how the word of God is, is transforming their life, showing up in their life. So that's one of the big things that comes to mind. Yeah, there are people who spend hours working out in the gym every day. And then there are people who are lucky if they can get in their 20 minutes of workout every day. And when you, if you're a trainer, a physical trainer, you're not giving your um, students or your clients the same training you're doing. You're giving them a smaller, easier training for them. Because since they're not spending two hours in the gym every day, they physically couldn't do your training it would break them or even if they could survive it the first day they wouldn't come back and that thud is really scary and and i will say full confession i i've grown up my whole life in churches that didn't really do um kind of purchased bible studies like when we have a bible study we have the bible and we discuss it there's no workbook there's no companion um and and as I talk with authors like you, I'm like, I should, you know, check these out. You know, maybe there's something that I'm missing out on because maybe we've gone too far on the, you know, the Bible's all you need uh, way. And it's not that we don't have anything, but often it's like everyone's got their study Bibles and there's notes and study Bibles and we kind of piece together our own ad hoc um, Bible study as we go and compare translations and things like that. Well, what's kind of fun about a study that someone created. So we would create studies around themes and then guide the reader to go through the scriptures and unearth that theme. And so it's, it's in a way, it's a, somebody taking your hand and helping you to encounter those scriptures in a way that perhaps you haven't before. So sure, you can look up prayer in your you know, index at the back and you can read all the scriptures on prayer. But if you have somebody who the concept of prayer has become alive in their life, they've got amazing stories of what it's done, then how rich to have them guide you through the scriptures and be able to have that revelation imparted 
from their heart to yours. Because isn't that often how the Holy Spirit works is I catch the um, the energy from that person and it's Holy Spirit saying, hey, Mindy, look at this. This is something that I want for you. I love that. So if I want to go through one of your Bible studies or check out uh, one of your Bible studies, where do I go to find them? Oh, they are at flourishgathering.com. You can find in our shop, you can find the studies. So yeah, flourishgathering.com. Very good. And tell us about Flourish Writers real quick. Give us the quick pitch for what Flourish Writers offers. Yeah, so Flourish Writers was born out of just our community asking us to help them write their stories like we were doing. And so we started offering our very first course was called The Power of Story, a very sweet encounter for people to begin to share their story as a modern day gospel of God showing up in their lives and how the scriptures became real to them. But then Flourish Writers took on a life of its own. We have now gathered quite a a rollicking community of Christian communicators in all sorts of genres. It's really humbling just how many amazing people God has gathered there. And we host quite a few online events. Often they are free free with a you know purchase component if you wish, but we really do our best to cater for all kinds of writers, uh, especially beginning writers are not made of money. So we're we're aware of um, how hard it is in those early days to to start to grow in the craft when you really don't have a ton to invest back in your writing life. And then we also have a, a Flourish Writers Academy where we take people through a nine or 12 month journey to find clarity in their writing life. And we've created a writer's life planning guide, which helps writers to just figure out what are going to be the components of their writing life and how to fit that into their life. And that's a super fun place too. Excellent. We'll have links both to Flourish Writers and Flourish Gathering. It's flourishwriters.com, flourishgathering.com. We'll have links to those in the show notes. Our sponsor today is the Christian Writers Market Guide. If you're looking for a literary agent or an editor or somebody to just give you feedback on your book, or if you're wanting to write a Bible study and get it published and you want to know which publishers publish Bible studies and do they publish my kind of Bible study, guess what? You can find the answers to all of those questions in the Christian Writers Market Guide, which you can get at christianwritersmarketguide.com or at a library or bookstore near you. Mindy Kiker, thank you so much for joining us today on the Christian Publishing Show. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Thomas. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Christian Publishing Show. For more information and to get episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit christianpublishingshow.com.